This past Thursday evening, I got to sing something that I have not sung in a long, long time, but it is one of my favorite songs to sing. We went to Pittsburgh to see our granddaughter, her last senior Christmas concert, and they closed the service out by singing Hallelujah Chorus with a string orchestra. When we were finished singing, a lady behind me, I'm sure gracious as she was, and she said to me, sounds like you've sung that before a few times. I said, yes, I, I've had the privilege of doing that, but it was a highlight. I, you come by my office this week, you will be hearing Handel's Messiah playing through my computer because... As Handel, as he finished composing that piece of music in a very short period of time, when he, when he left his office of writing, the first words he said were, I have seen God. So that's a good time. And I trust this morning that you too will see, we're not going to sing Messiah. We're going to look in his word. But I trust in his word you will see him who is life eternal. I wish to highlight a couple of prayer requests uh, that some of you, I'm sure, have received, but well worth reminding us. This Tuesday morning, our dear sister Brianne will be going to Geisinger Hospital for a procedure. She has to be there at 6 o'clock in the morning. But in that, not only pray for the surgery and the surgeons, but come along with this is that some good news is that uh, Brianne is dismissed from the urology department. She does not have to return because all of the problems are gone. Thank you for your prayers. Not only that, but the, the nephrology I have no idea what that word means, but it's here. Nephrology um, says to her that she doesn't have to come back for six months for a checkup on the calcium that's in her kidneys. And so we're thankful that even in the midst of anticipated surgery, God has already been preparing the way. And Brianne does not yet realize, though I shared with this with her last week, she does not yet realize what God has in store for her. Great and wonderful things. So remember Brianne and this Tuesday morning. Also, we got a, uh, a request here, a note from um, Ernesto Forteza that uh, this Wednesday... He's going to have a uh, procedure called a gamma ray chamber to see what type of surgery they can do on his heart. Remember we shared that last week that he does need some kind of heart procedure, but they do not yet know what. So this Wednesday, they will be doing that test to find out what it is that they can do with that. With that, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as a congregation. 
and lift not only these two requests, but others before our great God. We again, O Lord, have been awakened not just from a slumber of sleep last night, but we've been awakened to the truth that angels proclaimed your birth. It was so dynamic that they even proclaimed that there will be peace over all the earth and goodwill toward men. That message literally has shaken the foundations of this earth. For in that message, O God, is our hope and our joy, not just that encompasses this holiday season, but it encompasses us every day of the year because our hope and our joy is in Jesus Christ. And as the angels proclaim that gospel, good news of great joy, we thank you that that message still rings out even today. And it is still as true as when it was first spoken. It is that truth that, O oh God, that we place our foundation upon, knowing full well that you so love the world that you gave your only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That transcends any lights. That truth goes beyond any gift because it comes from the very hand of our great God. Thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you for the season of reminding us of the joy that we have in you. And we're grateful, O oh Father, for allowing us this privilege to gather together here to worship and adore you. We've read a couple of prayer requests, O oh God, and we lift them to you. Our dear sister, Brianne, is about ready. She's going to be taking a journey that you are going to describe for her. And we do not yet know the full outcome. But we can trust you as she trusts you. Her surgery that is pending coming Tuesday, we ask, oh God, that not only would you direct the surgeon's hands, but Lord God, would you quicken his mind and his heart. As I'm sure there'll be a time when Brianne will be able to share with him the good news that she rests upon even throughout this procedure. Thank you, God, for the results of tests that were done over this past year. We're thankful for the way that you have already moved in them and have gone beyond what we could even imagine. And that will be the case come this Tuesday. Bless her and her family, O oh God, as they wait upon you for your glory as you minister to them and minister through them. 
We pray for our dear friend Ernesto and the test that he will have on Wednesday to determine what is that they can do surgically to provide some relief, some help, some strength that his heart needs. We were awakened last week that his heart is not functioning to its full capacity. In fact, it's only functioning at a low, dangerous point. So, Lord, you again direct the physicians, give them the answers that they are looking for in order that they may be able to provide the help that Ernesto needs. Thank you that his family is there. And I pray, O oh God, that you would minister to all of them again as they wait upon you. May you, Father, bless them with your hand of goodness. We thank you for your word, the familiarity of the passage. Some of us have even memorized the first 20 verses, but yet it is still powerful. From the very first day that Luke wrote, we thank you that it is the truth that even points through to today. And so, God, I, I ask that that which we lack in understanding, you will provide. That we would speak clearly. We would listen intently. And we would live accordingly to the glory that we will share this morning from your word. And these things we ask, O oh God, not in accordance of what we can do, but on the promises of what you've already done. May we walk worthy of what you've laid out before us. And as we look at this passage, may our hearts be thrilled. May we, even in our minds, be able to focus and, and, and even maybe place ourselves in that position on the hills outside of Bethlehem that night. May our hearts be stirred. May our spirits be lifted. May our lives be changed. All for your honor and for your glory. I will praise you in the matchless name of Christ our Savior. Amen. I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. If you came this morning and you didn't bring a Bible, there should be a Bible there in front of the pew there for you. Luke is the third gospel in the New Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 to verse 20 of this glorious passage. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20, in honor of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's stand, please, for the reading of the word. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census 
first took place while Quirinius was the governor, was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth in Judea, and to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with his Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there that their days were completed and for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And then we're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem to see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that he had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, before you sit down, I want you to turn around and say to someone, the word will penetrate our hearts today. Do that. I did that for a reason, because I wanted to make sure you were paying attention. (laughs) Communication only happens, effective communication only happens if you have two parts. Someone must say something, and there must be someone there to hear what is being said. The problem is is that sometimes... The one who is talking does not clearly enough to communicate with the one who is listening. And so is the case of this story. It says, Christmas is a time of surprises. There was a lady who was preparing her Christmas cookies. There was a knock at the door and she went to find a man, his clothes poor, obviously looking for some Christmas odd jobs. 
He asked her if there was anything he could do, and she said, can you paint? Yes, he said, I'm rather a good painter. Well, she said, there are two gallons of green paint there and a brush, and there's a porch out back that needs to be painted. Please do a good job. I will pay what the job is worth. He said, fine. I'll be done quickly. She went back to her cooking making and didn't think much more about it until there was a knock at the door. She went, and the obviousness of his painting was evident. He had it on his clothes. She said, did you finish the job? She said, yes. She said, did you do a good job? He said, yes, but lady, there's one thing I'd like to point out to you. That's not a Porsche back there. That's a Mercedes. <laughs> Communication. The one thing from the text that we read and, and listened to this morning, there was no problem with the communication. Angels spoke, shepherds listened, and their story was the same as what they heard and seen. In our journey of this Christmas season, we're looking at the birth of the Messiah from six different viewpoints. We began by saying the prophets anticipated they looked forward to, they spoke as they were moved, it says to us in 1 Peter chapter 1. They moved as the Holy Spirit spoke to them. They wrote things that would be effective maybe even years later. And then we looked at Joseph and he believed. He was caught, if you will, in a, a fact of life that he wasn't anticipating. But yet he believed God that what God said was going to happen. He believed that it would happen. And he believed that as the angel spoke to him what he was supposed to do. Mary, last week we looked at she trusted God. Even in the midst of a time of when she did not fully understand or even look for the full outcome of what was about to happen, but yet she trusted God by simply saying, the handmaid of the Lord, do it unto me. And this morning we are going to look at shepherds or angels announce. They spoke. They communicated what God wanted them to say. But it's interesting, if you, you look at the Greek word that is described here as angels, it's, it, the word is angelos. It literally means messenger. They were sent by God with a message. What's interesting, in my study though, I came to a deeper appreciation of what that word and the, as it was developed in language, what it really came from and what it really means. 
In, in both Hebrew and Greek history, a messenger, first of all, had to have the exact same qualities of life as the master who sends them with a message. The master would not choose anyone from his entourage of people to give them a message to speak if he did not know that the integrity of their life would match the message they're supposed to say. The second thing is this, is that the messenger was to say exactly what the master told them to say. He could not embellish it. He could not decrease it. He had to speak specifically and ultimately as the authority of the master who sent him with the very correct message that is to be given. In fact, many messengers at that time would even spend days to memorize the message or they would write it down And when they got to their destination, they would read it verbatim. I find that interesting in our text this morning. God did not give anyone else but angels the message on that first Christmas morning. If you would go back into history using just the word of God, you will find out that the angels that were there that morning were good angels. We do realize and we understand that the angelic host, a third of them walked away from God, but this is the two-thirds that stayed. (laughs) And they were good. They lived for the honor and the glory of the God of heaven. And they stood before him and praised him. Read it in the book of the Revelation, chapter 4 and 5. They were consumed in their being to be the exact individual that God determined them to be for his honor and for his glory. In other words, there wasn't a fly-by-night angel that made it here. These were exactly what God wanted. And if you catch the message, the message is exactly what God wanted them to say. Isn't it amazing that that's who we're supposed to be? If we are to be messengers of God. It's, it's, in our, it's in our purpose statement. It's in our vision here at Grace Community Church. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We, as messengers of God, our lives should exonerate the one whom we are speaking for. We've Known in our Sunday school classes and sermons, I'm sure, a plethora of those 
that we are to walk worthy of the call of Jesus Christ in our lives. Why? Because we have a message to share. And the message has to match the messenger. Angels showed up this day. I love this passage. It is my favorite. My artistic mode in my heart causes me to say, wow. By the time an angel would say to me, don't be afraid, it's too late. (laughs) Forget it. Some things come to my mind that I can't share over the pulpit this morning, but you can imagine what happened to those shepherds. They did not stay dry. Let me put it that way. (laughs) These shepherds heard first from an angel. We're not given the name of this particular angel who greets them first. But we can maybe suggest, and I'll just suggest, you do with it as you wish. I believe it's the same angel that already announced to Mary and to Joseph what was going to happen. His name is Gabriel. Gabriel is only listed here. You'll never find him appearing as his name anywhere else in Scripture. It's only here. And so it appears that Gabriel's job was to announce what God was going to do for the salvation of men and women for the Lord Jesus Christ. He first appeared to Joseph, first appeared to Mary, filled them in on what was about to happen, and I believe it was him who came here to the shepherds, and his message, by the way, hasn't changed. It's just gotten bigger. And the message was wonderfully portrayed in the scripture force as Luke is writing this. I I can't imagine him sitting down with these shepherds and saying, tell me the story. Fill me in on details of what happened. One shepherd said, well, I started to know. I don't want that detail. I want want the detail here. What happened that night? And he's writing, and I can imagine him, even him not being there that evening, but yet still his mind wandered to the fact that, wow, what a concert. The first thing we want to see in this passage is this, is that Jesus was born according to God's time, And according to the place God wanted it to happen. That's part of the message. For the angel said, born unto you this day in the city of David is a Savior. His name is Christ the Lord. I don't know if the Apostle Paul picked that up in his study. 
But later on in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, the Apostle Paul writes these wonderful words when he says, In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might be adopted, if you will, as children of God. This birth of Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God, it was all God's plan. Man had nothing to do with it. God used individuals of mankind through it, but it was totally God's plan. Think about that. If you're given the chore of trying somehow in some way to announce the birth of a child who is going to be born king of the Jews, what would you do? Presently, we, we send out uh, uh, like birth notices. Our, our son-in-law and, and our daughter, uh, who our son-in-law is big on baseball. You just got to know him. Uh, the, the first child was coming, but yet he came to the house and he and Amanda came and they were showing us just pictures. Dad, you got to see this. I, I just got this on, on eBay and it's a, a, you know, a baseball player's card. I don't know who he is. I don't really care who he is. The second thing he's showing us and then all of a sudden about the fourth picture was a sonogram. And we just sort of, what? I mean, that's a cruel way of announcing a birth of a child. <laughs> when our sixth child was to be born, Nancy called her mom and dad and said, we're having another child. And her dad said, haven't you got this thing figured out by now? <laughs> announcements I mean how would you handle the greatest news of all history God dynamically did it he didn't throw a party he didn't send out invitations but he said according to the text he sent a host of angelic beings. Now don't let that little word pass you by unless you study what that word really means. It literally means the total army of God. In other words, at this concert, it was the first time and only time that all of the angels left heaven and came in our atmosphere. There wasn't one left behind. When the bus pulled out of heaven, everyone was on it. Because it was God's plan. And it was God's time. 
And God, when He shows up, it's a big deal. Describe for us wonderfully in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, as Isaiah sees the throne room of God, the train of God fills the temple of glory. The sky was full. Now, if that doesn't get your attention, it should at least stir a question in your mind. It's this. How come no one in Bethlehem heard that concert? Why is it even in this world individuals don't hear the concert of the gospel? It hasn't changed. Our message is a carbon copy of the message of the angels as they gave it to the shepherds. Let me walk you through that. First of all, the first point of the message is this. In Jesus, God came to live among his people. In this born, in this child, God came to live among us. John chapter 1 and verse 14 He came and dwelt among us. He tabernacled with us. Paul writes it a little bit differently when he says, In him, in Jesus Christ, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When Jesus showed up on this earth, the whole group known as the triune head of God, showed up. God dwelt among us. Secondly, Jesus' birth brought great joy to all people. Verse 10. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 is the first expression of the gospel in the New Testament. Because good tidings of great joy can be translated by one Greek word, evangelikoa, speaking of the good news of the gospel. That's what we have to share. The good news of great joy. Thirdly, Jesus' birth brought salvation from sin. That's in verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Same word that is translated in Matthew chapter 1. When Gabriel the angel said to Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The same name that he said to Mary in Luke chapter 1. 
you shall call his name Jesus. Here he is the Savior of the Word. Next, Jesus' birth brought glory to God. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What's dynamic about that is later on in Jesus' ministry, recorded in John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says, I've not come to do my will, but to do the will of the Father who sent me. Everything he did was for the glory of the Father. Lastly, Jesus' birth brought peace for God's people. Verse 14, on earth and peace, goodwill toward men. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 talks about that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Later on in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, it's recorded that the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Dear people, that's the gospel. The message hasn't changed. I just hope the messengers haven't changed either. It's not your typical Christmas message. But if we are to be the messengers that we are called to be, then our lives have got to exonerate the one who's sending us. Dear people, I've got two minutes and I'll be finished. Scripture is very clear that as kingdom people, we are to live kingdom lives. We're not to be affected and infected by the world. We are to exonerate the king because we're his messages. And in order for a messenger to be used by the king, the master, the master makes sure that that individual's life matches his and also the message. I've not yet heard kingdom people who are wallowing in the world. They seem to have not that much freedom in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because God won't give them the message. So if one thing we need to do in this holiday season, Christmas time, is to make sure that our lives exonerate the king who's given us a message. I wonder, I just wonder that the world has not yet seen what God will do with a church full of messengers who will be determined to sell out all for him.
Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Angels announce. So do messengers. Let's announce the greatest theme that encompasses the season. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. No greater story. No greater message. Let's exonerate our King as we share that message with everyone we can. Let's pray together. Thank you, our Father. We're humbled. Humbled for the fact that you've called us as messengers. You've given us the greatest story, the greatest truth that we could share. We're humbled that you would allow us, as mortal people, the joy of being able to share what the angelic host raced to do. May we, this year, oh God, may we this year, as your messengers, may, may our lives exonerate the Master in order that our message can be spoken with truth. Use us, O oh God, in any way that you see fit. And allow us the privilege of sharing. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I will praise you and thank you in your name. Amen.